about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, capital G, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, capital G, sorry, which is your spiritual worship. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Matthew chapter 15 and verse 8 says, These people draw near to me with their mouth, and they do honor me with their lips, but their heart is far away from me. Father, over the next few minutes, I ask that your word will come out with accuracy and precision. And I declare in the name of Jesus that lives will be shaped, dreams will be fulfilled, and success will be guaranteed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Over the last few weeks we've been speaking about praise. And we did say there's a distinction or a difference in what we call thanksgiving, praise, and worship. Thanksgiving is distinct from praise in that thanksgiving relates to God's deeds, what God has done in our lives. Praise, we say, relates to the character of God. He is omnipotent. He is omniscient. He is the almighty God. He is the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. No one like our God. He is the shepherd of our soul, the glory and the lifter up of our head. He's our provider. He's our healer. He's our financial secure. He is the God that is impossible to be able to view away. He is immortal. He is invisible. He is the only wise God. His character is pleasurable. His deeds are wonderful. He is our God that can never fail us. He is the one that walks into the fiery furnace with the three Hebrew boys to speak about his character that I am king of kings and lords of lords. That is the praise of our God. It doesn't matter what we go through or what we're not going through. When we praise God, we actually absorb ourselves of the things that are around us and we give glory and honor to God. 
That is the reason why I say that praise is not only and, not, and it is primarily, primarily not used to ask God for things. Because when people start to praise God, there is sometimes an erroneous teaching around that when you praise God and the praise goes up, the blessing comes down. Sure, I have no doubt about that. But the priority of my praise is that when no blessing is coming down, God is still God. Because that's his character. And I hope you understand that. But then we now step into a... I don't put them on grades, but I just feel we step into a different level where we talk about worship. And worship doesn't talk about God's deed as much as talk about his character, but worship talks about a lifestyle. It talks about total surrender as of unto God. That our lives is a life of worship. It's a life that we submit ourselves to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. Worship is a lifestyle. It is not an occasional activity. Uh, worship is far more than music. Worship is far more than a style. The, the ministry of worship and the ministry of music are two entirely different things. Are you following what I'm saying? First, the most part is that they sometimes come in the same presentation. However, the outcome is what makes it different. I'm going to say this again. That the ministry of music and the ministry of worship are two different things. Because their outcome is what is important. I've said this and I require of all our worship people to be first worshippers before they are musicians. Because music or musicianship is an art. It's an artistry. But worship is a selfless attitude that comes to God. That means when I come out here as a music worship leader, it is none of me, it is all of God. If, we, if I step down here and I'm asking people, how did I do today? Know that you're just a musician. But if I step down from here and I say, God, I hope you are pleased with our worship, then I'm a worshiper. Because the Bible says there's a day that worship will not be done in Jerusalem or any place, but those who are true worshipers will worship him in what? Spirit and in truth. And the truth is that when God was walking down the corridors of heaven, did he stop in his track and looked down and said, somebody is giving worship to me. That's why the worshippers here do not mind how you look. Whether you dance, you don't dance. Whether you lift up your hands, you don't lift up your hands. We are bringing a sacrifice of worship up unto our God. And it doesn't matter based on our feelings. It's done based on our selfless worship. Which means that worship isn't confined to church. If you are a worshipper, it is not because there is, you worship God based on the style of music. It's not because praise is energetic and then we double down and then we go into worship. No. When you talk about someone who gives praise to God and someone who is walking, let me reverse this. When you say someone is a praiser 
and someone is a worshipper, a worshipper is a man or a woman who lives a lifestyle of worship, not by what they say through their lips. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh, that's why worship is never and should never be confined to a church. Worship is more than a service. What happens within the walls of a building is reflective of what happens throughout the weeks in the life of the members of the church. So one of the greatest acts of worship is living a lifestyle of praise. So tap someone beside you and say, are you a worshipper? Now ask them, is your lifestyle a lifestyle of worship? And so, so, so it has nothing to do with, with, with church. Uh, the, the, the worship, uh, 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 the, the lifestyle of worship is not a song on a lip, it's not a clap in the church, it's not an act of piety when people are around. The greatest form of worship is when your lifestyle sends an aroma, a sweet smell up onto God. Listen to me. I want you to be able to take every day of your life, every sleeping, every eating, mm -hmm, every going to work, every walking around, and I want you to place it as an offering, as a lifestyle unto God. Let me just get this out of my head. Some of our eating does not glorify God. I remember there was a day, the time I went to Las Vegas. You understand? I, don't, I didn't go to, um, to, 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 to go and um, gamble. The only thing I gambled was I got a son out of it. Uh, uh, uh. After 10 years, it was in Las Vegas that the Lord answered that person. Every place is a place, is a holy place. Wherever the sole of your feet shall tread upon, you, you possess it. So when Las Vegas, and we went to a place, um, can't remember what it's called right now, but it's a place that you can, you just pay $35 and then you can eat as much as you want. The whole spread was like this entire hall. That's the food. That's the food alone. You understand? So when you walk into it, this, 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 is, this will deliver somebody who came to church today. One of the basic problems I have, I know you don't have that problem, but I do. You understand? I'm not sure Pastor Ife has that problem. I don't think he does. He's very disciplined. But I think that if I pay $35... And they say, eat as much as you want. I want to do justice to that $35. <laughs> I, 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 I cannot. I, 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 I cannot find myself leaving the place without doing justice. And, 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 and it, it's a killer. And so we saw this guy who, you know, ate and suddenly, boom, went up. And then the ambulance and everyone came in. He had ate himself. I'm telling you, to a stupor. He was finished. He was gone. They resuscitated him and the food that was in. Let me not mess up your lunch this, this afternoon. Everything. <laughs> we, every, 
just imagine that person got up after fainting and said, glory be to God, I'm a Christian. What would you think? Our lifestyle supposed to be a lifestyle that gives glory unto God. Do you recognize that God wants us to showcase his glory? God wants us to showcase what he does and what he's doing through us. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31 says, Paul wrote, he says, whether you eat, did you see that? Or drink, did you see that? Just imagine someone says, I'm a Christian, I'm a born again Christian, tongue talking, speaking in tongues, worshipping God, and then they're picking you up on the streets drunk, and you're fighting with the police, and they have to put you in a cell for you to sober up. Can you understand that that does not give glory and honor to God? You get drunk, you walk back into your home and you're beating up your children and beating up your family. That is not a lifestyle of a worshipper. So you can see what, the, 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 what Paul was writing here in both um, Romans chapter 12 and here in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. He says, so whether, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for what? The glory of God. Martin Luther said, a dairy, dairy made can milk cows to the glory of God. That even a, 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 a young maid that is in the farm can do things to the glory of God. The secret of true worship is doing everything as unto God. So what, what, I, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that my message is a lifestyle of worship. I don't want us to think that worship is only done when we are in church. That's a fake life. Worship is what brings glory unto God. And glory comes to God by what we do in our daily lives. Are you following what I'm saying? As for me, my wife and I know, she, she knows when she follows me. Everywhere I seem to go, people just ask questions. People just speak to me. Now, my wife is more outgoing than I am. But people just speak to me. Anybody I'm associated with, they just speak to me. The other day I was with, 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 uh, with my wife, took my son to the barbers. I took my son to the barbers and she came back home and said, you know what, you have ministry. You is what God calls. This thing that wherever I go, the people you have associated with, they start coming to you. My dry cleaner, they will speak to her. My barber, they will speak to her. Even my Chinese man, uh, who, who, who provides Chinese for us, Chinese food, he speaks to her. Now she walked into the barber, sitting down, and then she said, oh, the, 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 my, my barber says, oh, Pastor, Mrs., uh, uh, you know, my, 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 my son has this slight, my daughter has this slight problem, but my wife is not listening to me can i call my wife so you can speak to her and so throughout the time my child was cutting his hair my wife was canceling this spanish woman my my baba is a practical muslim but whenever he sees me he, he becomes a christian I walked into the, I walked into, into it last week, I, I, I went there and as I walked in, there were other people there, he says, I'm going to have to cut pastor's hair first, because every demon has disappeared from my office. As I, as he's walked in today, nobody can touch this. And all of the other guys had to sit down and wait. You, I, 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 when I was walking in the city, I walked into the office and after a few times, they started to call me the reverend, the reverend, the reverend. Now, listen to me. They didn't, re they didn't know I was a Christian. They didn't, I didn't say to them I'm a Christian. But the Bible made it clear that there's a smell that goes out from you. 
an aroma that goes from, from, out from you because you're steeped in worship and your lifestyle is a worship. When I, I, I joined a team recently where we, where we started playing badminton, probably 20 or 25, 30 of them, and as soon as we walked in, as soon as we started playing, after a while, they stopped swearing. No one told them not to swear, but they just stopped swearing. Why? Because your life's supposed to be infectious. But here you are, you've used the F word before you became a Christian, and nothing has reduced. In fact, it hasn't, uh, if you use it 25 times in a day, you're, you've, you're now a Christian, is it's ramped up. And some people are looking at you, and then you feel, oh, I'm a Christian. No, they know you by, by, your, by the works of your hand, by the fruits. That's how they will know you. And God, all God is saying to us today is that bring, let your life be a lifestyle of worship because when you worship me, you will bring others to me. Let me ask you this question. I know some of you would understand this, especially ladies. Ladies, when you put on this perfume on your body and you've used it over and 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 over again, you understand? You'll find out that one day when you don't use it, and you go out, someone will just come to you and say, oh, what are you wearing? But you didn't use it that morning. But you know why the smell is still there? I mean, I'm talking about good perfumes. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know why the smell is still there? Because there is an, as the, as the band sang, there's an overflow. There's something that lingers on. And that means wherever, when you walk into a place, because you are in the spirit, because your lifestyle is steeped in God, everywhere you go, there is an aroma, there is an overflow, there is joy that comes to you. And I love the song. I've got joy in the morning, not by the world. I've got joy in the evening, not by my circumstances. I've just got it. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. So everywhere I go, I'm supposed to emanate joy. It is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And since true worship is about God and not about us, what is it that God desires? He doesn't desire a song. He doesn't desire a dance. What he wants more than anything is our hearts. He wants our love. He wants our commitment. He wants our faithfulness to him. So let me give you the first thing about worship is worship is an act of obedience. Are you following what I'm saying? His worship is just simply an act of obedience. It is a response that requires the very core of you to love the Lord for who He is and not just for what He does. Pastor, what do you mean by that? It's simple. Don't get into work every single day sad. When you've got joy in the morning, I'm joy in the evening. Some of you, it looks like I'm sad in the morning. I'm sad in the evening. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. And you walk into to, 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 to the office on Monday morning. You just came back from church. And you walk into your office. And they can just say sad in the morning. And sad in the afternoon. Do you want some lunch? No. Are you okay? Yeah. And then you now find an unbeliever trying to encourage you. It's a disgrace. 
Absolute disgrace. Absolute disgrace. And if you're ever around a Christian and say, how are you? And you, you know, okay, come on, get yourself together. The joy of the Lord is dead. You know what the next thing we say? Oh, they're insensitive. Get yourself together. Why is it always you? They're insensitive. They're insensitive. They, 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 they don't know what I'm going through. That's not a lifestyle of worship. Even God runs away from you if every single time you're sad. God wants us to be infectious. Our life to be a life of worship. That when we walk into a place, they will know joy comes. And that comes not by things that go right, but just by obedience. I'm obedient to the word of God. Listen to me, our worship becomes obedience. God now spoke to Abraham and said to Abraham, that son that you have, the only son you have, give it as a sacrifice. Let me be very honest with you. I've been pastor in this church 15 going 16 years. I'm getting there. Because if God tells me today that I should sacrifice Jaden, my only son, I have to rebuke the devil. We take this low. Come on, God. Is there nothing else? Okay, I will step in on his behalf. God says, no, I want you to bring my only son, your only son, and sacrifice him. And all God was asking was, he was just testing, checking his obedience. Can I say this upstairs and downstairs? If you're a Christian and you've never been tested, you're not yet a Christian. Think about this. My obedience is to God and not to the world. And so, because I obey God, I don't mess around with the world. Think about what worship, what a lifestyle of worship is. The, the, the Abraham went, God gave him um, a ram, and it was a typology of the coming of Jesus who was the sacrificial lamb for us all. But then when we go further into the book of Genesis, we now see a young man, a young man called Joseph. Now Joseph was in Potiphar's house. His brothers, his fathers, his sisters were not around. And while he was there, then we see this woman, Potiphar's wife. And as I said in the first service, Potiphar's wife was not ugly. This is a man who is not married. So let me talk to the young men. You're young, you're not married, you're serving someone. This woman was not ugly. Maybe even Potiphar married a young girl. Let's just assume. So maybe in those days, because when you marry, they're age 14, 13, they're not 16. So now you see a woman walking around in the house, half naked. I can guarantee Joseph had some times where he had to run away and say, calm down, calm down. He spoke to his soul and he spoke to his body. Because this woman was not ugly. This woman was not ugly. You see, it's easier to reject someone who is ugly. <laughs> and when I say ugly, you know beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, so what is ugly to you may be actually good for me. Because technically speaking, many people I see on the runway, catwalk, I'm like...
Y I'm I being ten thousand dollars so this person doesn't get out of for ten thousand dollars? He beauty, honestly, is in the eye of the beholder. He, ladies, speak to me. How do you get a woman who has no hair? No hair. Nothing. I, mean, I know how much you spend three, four hundred pounds on your weave, a dead donkey, or somebody who has just. Because sometimes, I don't. I, I don't know if the weave. Is it. Is it Ladies, tell me, is it, does it come from a human being in Asia? Oh, it does! So you're stealing someone else's hair. <laughs> oh! Now I understand! That's why people are stealing from God. Their tight is what they use to buy someone else's hair. But then... I can understand that. And then she's walking down the town. Long hair and all that. But what I don't understand is how do you pick someone who has no hair? Just shaven hair. Just black beauty. And then that's the kind of person that walks down the catwalk. And everyone is in awe of the person. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So back to my story. This woman was beautiful. And here you have Joseph. No one was around him. And the woman was saying, come. And he knew that if I come, I'll be rich. He knew there will be no trouble. There's nothing Potiphar can do. Nothing Potiphar can do. If Potiphar says, I want him to start walking someone else, the woman will say, no, he is my best walker. He would not realize something has happened behind his back. But he said to himself, I will not do this against my master or God. That is what is called a lifestyle of worship. But because of that lifestyle, where did he end up? In prison. And many of us were saying, mm, let's use wisdom. <laughs> it, it, kind of the three Hebrew boys who they said bow down to this golden image. We are also having those images in this day and age. Some of our images are social media. We want, to, we want to belong. We want to fit in. And some of the things that we put on social media does not give glory unto God. It does not depict a lifestyle. It does not depict the right attitude in the people. God is looking at us to say, yes, these people worship me. And God sometimes says, stop that. But because it is going to take something from you, you disobey these three Hebrew boys, they were, they, they were in Babylon. So they can throw you in Babylon, they can throw you in the midst of an unbeliever, and you can still thrive as a Christian. They say, let's bow down to this golden image. And many of us, 90% of us, no, let me not say, 90% of us in the name of the Almighty God Jehovah, after we fasted through the month of June, will not bow down. Amen. That's a com- uh, positive confession. Uh, but seriously, bow down to this image, or go into the fire, you and I may say, let's use wisdom. Is it to bow down? I bow down on the outside, but I'm not bowing down on the inside. But then if they had done that, would Nebuchadnezzar ever say, there is no other God than the God 
of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The lifestyle of not surrendering to the world brought glory to God. Are you following what I'm saying? Your lifestyle will bring glory to God. Every time we're going to be faced with a temptation, either we're going to obey God or we're not going to obey God. You got uh, you you went out yesterday, two days, three days ago. You went down to your boyfriend's house after nine o'clock. It was nine. It was getting to nine thirty, and then we were hitting ten o'clock, and then we we're hitting ten thirty. It's not the weekend. You know that the last that the last train is going. You know that you're not going to catch the night bus, and then you now suddenly uh, by style is dozed off. You knew where you were going, and then oh oh, I'll, I'll just wait and. I finish watching this movie but you are sitting here she was sitting here and at the end of the movie you are sitting here together you knew where you were going and you know what it's a lifestyle of worship God is asking yourself are you going to bow down to the golden image of your flesh or are you going to give glory and honor unto God I've been there before when I was dating my wife the first time I went to see her in Iwicom I stayed there by the time it was getting to 10 o'clock, 10, I knew where I was going. And she also knew too. So, <laughs> by the time it was 10, 10, something was saying to me and I could hear noise because she was in one room and there were other rooms all up. I'm like, this, 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 this. This, this, this made that fire. But nobody knew who I was. It was the first time I went there. By 10.35 or something, I said, honey, I need to go. I need to go. I need to go. She said, okay, okay, okay. That's why it's good to go out with a Christian because you can help each other in the time of need. And so we rushed down to the station. I jumped into the train and barely made it. And of course... As I was jumping into the train, everything that was up started to come down. The Lord started to heal me. The Lord started to, 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 to pour cold water of his blessing. Upon, I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, but it, it seems I'm still in yesterday. Yeah, it seems I'm still in. Come on, Ty. Come on, Ty. Come back to church. Yesterday, uh, so, yeah. that was going to be a wrong bamboo moment. That was not going to be the right bamboo. Uh, and I stepped, stepped into the train and I felt to myself that at least I honored God. That's what I felt with myself. But I didn't realize until the wedding day when some of her friends were giving you know, a speech and they said that when they told her that the person that Femi is going to go out with is a pastor or is a minister in church, they laughed. They didn't know, but they just, number one, they liked the way he interacted with us and all that. And above all, they liked the fact, and we all discussed this. This was the word. We all discussed this and said that they are a true example of a Christian, the way they conducted their relationship. Oh, 
I said this is the first service I remember when we traveled to, to America. I've never been there before, so my wife took me there for the first time. We were not married then, so, she, so we went to the States, and we stayed in our cousin's house. And when we were staying in our cousin's house, they had two bedrooms. And my cousin, her cousin was married, so there was one bedroom and the other bedroom. They had set it up to us. Very nice, a very nice bedroom and all that kind of says double bed and all that kind of stuff. And so when I got there, we unpacked and all that kind of, and at the, in the middle of the, at, at night, you understand, I took my, uh, took a blanket, went down, and for the two weeks, I was sleeping on the couch. That's foolishness, isn't it? To the world. That's stupid. Um, but, I didn't realize that this was giving glory to God. Because her cousin was bad, man. But honestly, it, 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 it was there the first time I knew what Hennessy is. <laughs> now, there, there are two reactions I got. Some didn't laugh at all because they don't know what it is, so they're as righteous as I am. Some laughed because that's what they do and what they take. And some is like, do you say that in church? Relax, don't worry, we're still in church. I didn't understand what Hennessy is. I didn't know what Bayless is. I, didn't, I was too righteous. What, may, may, maybe I didn't know because I was, I, I was poor. Or maybe or because I was righteous. Because when they, when, so when they asked me, oh, everybody, everyone wants to run. Hennessy, you want Hennessy? And they said, yes, yes, yes. And they asked me, I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bailey's is that creamy thing, isn't it? it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. And so they bought, when they bought the bottle, I knew this is a bad boy. This bad boy. Bad boy. This, this, this is going to kill me. Uh, I said, like, what? And the guys opened the bottle. Man, it was bad. That's where I was. Five years down the line, we were at a party. We had we'd married then. And, and at that particular time, I was trying to reduce the amount of places I go out with my wife. And so she took me to this family party. And we were all there. And they were now talking. And there was this guy who was drunk there. Can you understand the kind of people God delivered us from? Uh, and he, and, and he was drunk, we were all there. It was a whole big party and all that kind of stuff. And then people were talking and talking about Christianity and talking about this. And this drunk guy just said, shut up. He was his cousin, shut up. You are, you are fake, you're fake, you're fake, you're fake. When a drunk man starts speaking, he speaks. <laughs> and he just opened his mouth and he just said, well, you, I know what all of you have done in my house in the States. So don't come and tell me nothing. Which God? If you're going to heaven, I will be there before you all get there. <laughs> the only reason why I, am, I doubt my life and think about hell is because of Ty and Femi. Because they're the only ones that came to my house and they actually showed they were a Christian. I laughed at him when he was sleeping downstairs and it was cold. He says, well, oh, I know what you were doing upstairs. I know the noise you were making upstairs. And then you now come and tell me you're a Christian. And the drunk, and I'm just paraphrasing because he was drunk. So the things that were dishing out of his mouth was like goodness. And I left the place and I said to myself, you know, there are little things that you do that may not count, but it's speaking of the God that you serve. 
Can, can I say this clearly? Because it looked like I just shared that testimony and it was okay. Was I tempted? Yes. Ah, middle of the night, I'm looking upstairs. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. I'm like, God, do I have to be a Christian? Maybe for one day. You know, if I do it, God will forgive me. That's what we're saying. Without knowing, we're selling out on God. Remember this story of this pastor who joined, just came straight into a, into a, into a county in the, in the States. And they knew this pastor had just come in. And so he went on to this bus. He gave money for the bus fare. And he sat down. The, so the, 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 the man gave him the change. You know, you pay before you get in. Uh, so the man gave him the change and he sat down there. But the change the bus driver gave him was more than what he should have. And so after the journey, as he was going and he got to his stop, he now, as he was going down, he said to himself, well, God has just blessed me. He, God knows I don't have enough money. But then as he was going that, out through the bus and about to go down, he just said, no, let me just give it back. So he turned to the driver and said, you know you gave me a quarter more? And the bus driver looked at him and just smiled. He says, aren't you the pastor that has just come into town that my daughter spoke about? On Sunday, are you the new pastor? He said, yes. He says, I will see you on Sunday. That's all he said. He says, thank you for your honesty. I'll see you on Sunday. He took back the quarter. And then he got out of the bus. And when he got out of the bus, the bus moved. And the guy held on to the next post. And I had to get some breath. And his statement was, God, I nearly sold your son for a quarter. A quarter means 25p. A life of obedience. He was sitting there and the Holy Spirit was saying, return the money, return the money, return the money. The money is not yours. And you're like, it's only 25p. It's only 25p. But your, state, your, your reputation as a Christian is online. Let's live a lifestyle of worship. Worship is obedience. Is Christ-like. We become like Christ and then the world will admire us. And lastly, worship is single-minded. Exodus 34:14 says, For you shall worship no other God, small g, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God. I don't want to go into this, but... Leave that up there for, for a second. It says, do not worship any other God for the Lord whose name is Jealous. So God actually said, my name is Jealous. You, you know when we say someone is Jealous, that means that person is not good. But God says, I'm a Jealous God. He whose name is Jealous is a Jealous God. What he's saying is, if you're going to worship me, you've got to worship me alone. And most of the time, worldly concerns contaminate our public worship. God doesn't want us to come into church for gossip. You know many people come to church just to gossip? Oh, you don't know? They're in church. They're in every church. Just God. What's the latest? As soon as that is, so what's the latest? Did you see that man? Did you see that girl? Did you see, did you see how they're sitting? Did you see... Is, is this really the right church? Just gossip. Some people are here for trouble. Why? I, the way she looked at me, the way he looked at me, I'm not coming back. 
you, you walked in for trouble. You're just looking for anything that you can criticize. Oh, they know I always sit there. Where do you sit? They've suddenly brought their couch from home into church. This is my place. And so when the ushers put someone else in there, even if it was someone coming for the first time, you kind of walk up to the person and you're standing there. Like, that person should get up. And the person doesn't really understand what is going on. And then the person says, oh, that's my seat. The person is looking around like, I didn't meet anything here. The ushers told me to say, no, this is where I normally sit. And you sell that person out. That person never comes back to church because it's your seat. You didn't even buy the seat. It's not your seat, not your father's seat, your natural father. It is God who brought it here. You didn't even know how the chairs came here. You met the chairs here. And this is what we are, how we act. Oh, did you see that girl, what she was wearing? How can someone wear that to church? No single-minded worship. As God dealt with you and changed you, so God will change her. Because the Bible says, be ye transformed. It is not going to happen in one day. Relax. Focus on your own God. Take out the big log in your eyes before you can see the dead in someone else's. God is looking for someone who will walk into church and who walk in their lives and they will focus on him. Not someone who is walking into church looking at hairs, looking at clothes, looking at shoes, looking at and feel sometimes intimidated by the people who are around them. I never. Even when I had one shoe, I didn't care. One cream jacket, I didn't care. I didn't care. I didn't, we, I mean, we didn't care. We just came to church. I didn't come to church to win a babe or get a woman. No, I came to church to focus on God. And when I focus on God, my cream jacket becomes attractive. Because when God inhabits your praises, all things are possible. If my wife didn't look at my shoes. Maybe she considered it, but she didn't say no to it. She didn't look at my shoes. She didn't look at my stuff. Because the heart. She saw a man that has a heart after God. Neither did I approach her because of her shoes. I approached her because of her piety. Her lifestyle. Outside of church. Not in church. Because I ask questions. Foolish man. You're going out to someone you didn't ask questions with. You just said, God said, no. I went to investigate. A lot of investigation. Because when we are all in church, we all lift up hands. Even Delilah lifting up their hands. The devil's lifting up their hands. The, the man, is he really a Christian? What is his lifestyle out of church? Come and find out what your pastor's lifestyle is out of church. Not when I'm driving though. Ah. <laughs> but come and check. You've got to, I want to make sure that what I am outside is what I am inside. God wants you to have a single focused worship. And I want you to understand this, that you must learn to worship God even with problems around. Let me close by saying this. Worry is not worship. Some people worry on their knees and they call it prayer. Others have mastered the act of worrying with their hands in the air and they call it worship. And so listen to me, some people, there are some songs that come up, worship songs that come up, 
And then we lift up our hands and we're crying. But sometimes the tears is the song, oh, I love that song, it is dealing with my problem. No, that's not worship. Worship is God is above the problem. So I'm not worshipping God with one problem in my hand and giving him a minute worship. I worship him because he is Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. I'm saying to the devil, God is still worthy of worship, not my problems. I know it is hard to worship God with the diagnosis of cancer. I know it is hard to worship God when there is no food on the table. But worship is never important than when the enemy launches a plot to destroy your destiny. That's when you lift up your hands and say, God, I worship you. You've got to learn to worship God even when the enemy is sitting over the table. And that's why um, David says that he sets a table for me in the presence of of my enemies. That's why it says, For thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, the glory and the lift of my heart, even when ten thousands of people are against me, I still say you are worthy of my worship. That's called single-minded worship and a worship of obedience. I'm not worshipping God because things are right. I'm worshipping God because it's a lifestyle. That means when I leave church and I go outside, everything that I do outside must talk about the goodness of God. So I'm not walking into work sad because I'm worried. I'm walking into God into work with the joy of the Lord that is my strength. And people will have to come and ask, "Who is your God?" Did you get anything from it? Amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939. You can find us at the Citadel Worship Tabernacle. 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.